<laughs> hey, everybody. Hey, guys. I'm back. I was, uh, uh, from Salt Lake City. Only Salt Lake City and nowhere else. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. Coming up on today's episode, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, we're going to do the normal thing, but yeah. then we're going to talk a little bit about Dan's trip and some my, observations my that he made. various travels. Yeah, travels in Europe. Let me tell you something, you guys. With you were Dan. all in my mind while I was there. Aww. Away on the other side of the world. That's nice. Thinking about you guys, thinking about all of this. Yeah. I mean, as you know... We did several podcasts that were transatlantic. Yeah. Not an easy thing to do. No. So I'm kind of I'm pretty like, impressed with today, us. I was like, wow, this set up so quickly. <laughs> this is so like easily. the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we're going to, Dan's going to talk about some observations that he made yeah. and kind of, kind of um, tie them back into the whole idea of atheism and and uh, all of that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very, very pleased about all of that. <laughs> Well, and damn. I'm very pleased to be back here. I know. Welcome back you, to Utah. Just sitting across the table from each other like Aww. like good pals. Oh, <laughs> just just like that. <laughs> oh, but I do I I would like to thank uh our two guest hosts. Oh, absolutely. Adam and Rachel for their yeah. for their lovely lovely filling in work. Yeah. Did they they both did a wonderful job and I'm sure we'll be hearing you know, from one or the other of them. As we move in, on, sure. In the future. Sure. And, and all that. I, just, thought, I thought they did But more, more than anything, it just goes to, to show how eminently replaceable I am. <laughs> That's exactly the lesson. <laughs> That's the lesson I learned. Sure. Why not? You know, I was yeah. like, oh, hey, I could... I could do I could, this without Dan. Yeah, I need to get rid of him. He's kind of... Hey, stop being a jerk. <laughs> Unload some baggage. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not at all, Dan. It's just not the same without you, I have I'm, to say. It isn't. It is... One thing that's undeniable is that it's different. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. All okay. Right. Well, do you have one to start with? We didn't talk about who would go first. You know what? I do. You, you want to start? Because I missed the 4th of July. Oh, yeah. I wasn't here for it. I oh. was I was riding... I was literally riding Viking horses in Iceland. Wow. How's wow. that for a thing? That's a thing. And then puffin hunting. And then... Um, Not actually hunting. This wasn't your first fourth out of the country, was it? I don't know. It may have been. Really? It may have it's been. An, it, I think it's an interesting oh, no, experience. No, no, no. No, it wasn't because I, well, I spent... Two summers a, ago, right? I, a few summers ago, I was in Canada visiting oh, okay. my mom. But it's, a, it's kind of an interesting experience. Yeah. When the 4th of July... Like, what I think is really interesting, and I don't know that... you. you 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 weren't part of this conversation, but I think the one thing that I didn't fully get to articulating um, with with Rachel is that leaving the country and being outside of the country is something that helps you, like, it, it reminds you of the fact that you are American. Yeah. Because you can get, it's really easy to get down on the country and so forth and so on, but right. boy, it's home. Yeah. Oh, you know? absolutely. And boy, it's like the culture that you connect with and it's the people that you connect with. I, I truly love this country. Yeah, same I here. I truly love this country. It, I, I think that it takes getting out of the country every so often <laughs> so that you can be reminded of, of really how American you are. Yeah. And and uh, and and really how deeply that identity goes. Right. So, but, but anyway, so the fourth, obviously, abroad is a bizarre experience it is it, yeah. you know it's funny we were staying in a hostel because mm. iceland's way too expensive and staying in a hotel is ridiculous plus they don't even have hotels in part of the places that we wanted to go oh really everybody hostels there and everybody hitchhikes 
Oh, that's nice. It's a thing. You just really, yeah. Apparently, hippie kids go and hitchhike Iceland. It's just what you do. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so we're at a hostel, and the other thing about hostels is that everybody talks to each other. Everybody wants to interact. Very friendly. Yeah. And somebody, I, I didn't actually hear this conversation, but but Eric heard it, and and Andrea heard it. Anyway, Uh there's this lady. American lady talking to another to a British lady. This is on the Fourth of July. Oh, okay. And saying something along the lines of, "Well, I don't want this to be a sticking point, but <laughs> this is the time when our country got its independence from your country." And the other lady, apparently, this British lady, was being really generous about it and really sweet about it, and was just like, "Oh, yes, I, we think that's great." And you know, our dog is American and was born on the Fourth of July, so we just think that <laughs> that's a fun time to just. Uh, but yeah, the lady was apparently making an issue out of it. Like, yeah, ha-ha. yeah. Oh God, dumb Americans. Yeah. I, 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 that's also something that becomes evident when you travel. <laughs> it's dumb Americans. How many really dumb fellow countrymen we we do have? Oh yes, and how spottable we are <laughs> <laughs> on yeah. the streets of yeah. Although I will say, <laughs> European capitals. I will say, German tourists. Equally spottable. Equally spottable, but in a very different sort of way. <laughs> and hideous. They're yeah, always oh, just... Like, yeah, they may actually choices. be more ugly yeah. as tourists than Americans. Yeah, I mean, Americans are wearing the worst t-shirt you can imagine, which they bought <laughs> in the country that they're wearing it. <laughs> like, the insistence on wearing the t-shirt that you bought in the country that you bought it in is yeah. bizarre to me. Yeah. But it's a thing We for... love that, though. <laughs> love we, it. You know, we always Although... wear the t-shirt of the place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm in the I'm in the Icelandic airport, and there's a guy who's wearing the T-shirt that I saw at all of the Icelandic uh, touristy shops. Oh, that's got the you, you remember the uh, volcano that went off in 2010? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait a minute. I think I might be able to. If I look it up, I can pronounce it. It's well, I Fjetilgurdurbel. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, he's wearing a shirt that says that, and it's like it's so easy to pronounce, and then has a phonetic pronunciation of it underneath and i'm okay. like you're still in iceland dude yeah that's, that's not funny until you leave iceland <laughs> well maybe he just like ran out of clothes yeah well that, believe more. me that happened to me that happened to us Uh-oh, we were really? we were a fairly stinky bunch by the end of this because we kept going to places going oh they, i think they have laundry services there no uh, okay yeah it was, it was a nightmare so, anyway so fourth of july your point yeah i missed it Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite of our, what we call founding fathers. Oh, yeah. Who is TJ, Thomas Jefferson. Ah, uh, yes. Um, a noted uh, philosopher. Mm. And, uh, and and those of us in the ranks of atheism and or non-theism mm-hmm. like to claim him. Yes. And we like to claim a lot of the founding fathers. And I, it's probably unfair for us to do that. But we like we you know it's we sure to throw around the word deist a lot. Oh yeah, and which I think is is absolutely fair in his case. Sure. And in the case of most of our founding fathers, as a matter of fact, yeah, they didn't like TJ did not like God that much. He liked Jesus. Sure. As a but as a moral teacher, right? He did not. I mean, well, so so anyway, I found this article, uh, USA Today thing. It's more about this guy, Barton, this guy, uh, David Barton. Have you heard of him? Isn't he on the back of like the yellow pages? <laughs> Isn't he one of those? 
I have no idea what that means, but okay. No, the the lawyers that always advertise oh, on no. David Barton and Associates. Right. No, that's not who that is. Oh, uh, this damn. is a this is a revisionist historian essentially. Mm. I mean, he's just he's he starts from the point of view of being a right wing nut job and then writes history from that point of view essentially. So his most recent book, he he wrote a book called um the Jefferson lies. Oh, uh oh, yeah. Oh, no. and basically he argues that all the academics on, and we got to put air quotes about around academics because sure. they're just elitist assholes. Oh, all of the, course they, of course they are. Yeah, we know they are. Right. Skip past that one. Right. Doesn't make <laughs> they're what they're saying wrong. <laughs> they are smarter than. So so he says that they're totally wrong because I mean really you read a book about TJ, you're going to get a few things. You're going to get racism mm. but not enough racism that he would not have sex with him because you're no, gonna, you're, well, gonna, you're gonna get the sally hemmings thing sure uh, how he fathered children uh with with one of his slaves right at least one that we know about yeah um yeah. and then you're gonna get a whole bunch of uh a whole bunch of very secular stuff oh. from him and yeah. uh yeah. and this barton guy likes to claim that that that's all wrong that that's oh. not that that's not who he is. And by the way, he's a uh, he, you know he's sort of in cahoots with Glenn Beck on this, and they love they love to quote each other on on oh I'm, what yeah, Thomas okay. Jefferson Great. was really about. This guy, okay, cool. But I mean, I just so I what I love is the fact that Jefferson actually like took a rational approach. He liked the Bible, mm. and he went through. Have you heard of the Jefferson Bible? Mm-hmm, where he. Um... He redacted the thing. He redacts it and goes yeah. with just the, the, takes, the takes all the miracles out, takes right? Everything takes all the magical magic right. out of it. Yeah. So there's no there's no uh resurrection. Huh. There's no, you know, there's there's no walking on water. It's just the fo- the philosophy of the thing. Have you ever gotten your hands on a copy? Uh, I found it online. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you read through. Is it, yeah, maybe is it a I nice should post read? that. I'll post you that should. on, post on a little link Facebook. On that. Yeah, that'd be lovely. But yeah, and and it's just a really... The book becomes infinitely better when you take out the miracles, I mm. think. It's just... I mean, the magic just... <laughs> now, I, interestingly, I had a conversation with a guy on my trip about this, a man whom I respect deeply, but he was like, you take out the miracles, you take out everything. He doesn't think that... The, that Christianity exists or has anything to offer without the divinity. Oh, well, that's okay. But I, but I mean, I guess I, I see where he's coming from because without the divinity, all you've got is standard, pretty human, basic philosophy. Right. It's what everybody would come up with if they're really being honest with themselves. Good. Yeah. Because I think that's be exactly reminded. what you need. We need to be reminded of these things. Right. I mean, we've talked about this before. Absolutely. The, the need to um recognize the place for um um good life lessons mm-hmm. and for um you know like finding moral lessons right. even right. you know and and doing rituals finding rituals in your life mm-hmm. to if you're a, a person a, who needs rituals who connects with ritual well yeah i yeah. think that i think that i don't think any of this applies to everybody that's no. that's another thing that i think we need to expunge from our from from Right, human, but I, from I, our experience, the, the point that I think is is made specifically about ritual is that human beings are terrible at remind r- remembering, <laughs> right, 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 and yeah. so that ritual does a really good job. And 
Okay, it doesn't have to be ritual in the sense of like ritual, but it can be ritual in the sense of like, I mean, I used to think of reading the, the, the paper in the morning and having a cup of coffee was, was one of my rituals. Yeah, it's clearly ritualistic. You know? And so in that sense, yeah, I get where you're coming from. That totally makes sense to me to say, you know, if you wake up every morning and your your ritual is to remind yourself of what your goals are for your mm-hmm. life and what your, you know, what your that's beliefs lovely. are or whatever. Yeah, that, I wonderful. think that's a great thing. Yeah. I think that, that I need to start doing that more. I'm actually. I'm actually actually sort of practicing a little bit of that. Really? Yeah. I I on and off do. I journal, mm. and when I journal, that's kind of what that's about is reminding me, mm-hmm. you know, w- reminding me to analyze what I what my life has been, what I've mm. done, mm-hmm. reminding me to think about like to 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 give some thought to just mindfulness. Really, just right. give some thought to like, oh, this happened to me. What does it mean to me? All that sort of stuff. Right. Anyway. right. Okay. So back to. I just Thomas like, Jefferson. you know, Jefferson, he called the book of revelations. I didn't, I'd never read this. He called the book of revelations, the ravings of a maniac. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Okay. What's great is that there are all these things. So guys like Barton, guys like this, uh, this quote unquote historian, there's just so much that you can just slap them with mm-hmm. that just have, I mean, the guy has nothing. What are you going to do when you, he, I mean, he says, you know, Every one of our founding fathers has some sort of quote about how our country is not founded on religion. Mm, mm-hmm. That kind of stuff drives those guys bad. Oh, well, yeah, because it goes it flies in the face of the myth that they like to believe about this country. Right, right. Yeah, I, so I just wanted to give a shout out to my to TJ. All right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Very happy about that guy. Um well, here's one that I was kind of excited about sharing. Yeah. Um, it, it, and when I read the headline to you earlier, it kind of, I got a blank look from you. So I'm going to try to like, <laughs> I'm going to try to explain this up front a little bit better. Right. But the headline, um, and this comes from the LDS church news.com, uh-huh. um, modern day Mongolian pioneers reenact Trek. <laughs> okay. So there, there's a lot going on there. So you mean an episode of star Trek? Yes. The um, trouble with tribbles? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> or they're Mongolians, so... Oh, never mind. Yes, don't. Don't. It's bad. Okay. Not going to do it. Um, so, modern-day Mongolians reenact Pioneer Trek would have been a better way for that headline to have been written. Yeah. To give you a better sense of, like... But even then, you have to be Mormon to understand what the hell they're talking So, a, a, a custom... That that uh, has really emerged in like full force mm. uh, in in the last decade or two is the Mormons uh, is, is the the Mormon tradition of reenacting the the pioneer uh, journey right uh, from uh, from Missouri from the Midwest to uh, the Mountain West right so this was in the 1840s yes the Mormons were had been kicked out of everywhere everywhere they had lived. Um, so their neighbors finally... had grown tired of them <laughs> and had sent them packing to the tune of like ransacking homes and that's sort oh, of thing. burning things down yeah. and tarring and feathering. And, but to be fair, it's not like they were just like, Oh, these Mormons. Oh no. The, the Mormons were doing it back. Yeah. Oh yeah. The Mormons and, were being bad, bad neighbors. Yeah. And so, so anyway, so more modern day Mormons like to go and experience the trek. Yeah. And they call it trek. Okay. Right, right. And so they'll go and they'll get like uh, little covered wagons or hand carts or 
whatever, and they'll make their way across the plains. They'll dress in these the cute little sanitized, outfits. Yeah, and they'll, they'll wear the, the garb. Yeah. Um, and they'll have these sort of very sanitized experiences. There's uh, outhouses along the way. Right. All along the way, there's places well, where mean, you can go to the bathroom. They're not going to do the actual thing. Well, yeah, I mean, because you'd have people with their feet getting cut off. And right. Kind of Thousands died. Because those of, like, are, or frostbite hundreds and anyway. whatever. Yeah. But anyways, so, um, so this has kind of worked its way into modern Mormonism. Well, it's not just the Mormons who descend from the pioneers yeah, that do this. Not. And that's what I think is really bizarre. Because I remember being a kid in Oklahoma, and this one July 24th, which is Pioneer Day in Utah. Which is, yeah, Utah's celebration of the pioneers crossing the plains. Um, and it's a state holiday. Things are closed. Yep. And there's a huge parade. Uh, but anyways, there was this group of, of people back behind the LDS chapel. Um, and it was it felt like on a Saturday, yeah. I think. So there was... And my dad was bishop. And so there was some reason why we needed to be down there. Um, and But there was this group of people all dressed up in pioneer garb. And they had like a little hand cart. And they were like hauling it around in the field behind the church. (laughs) It was just like, what the hell is going on? Well, (laughs) that's kind of one thing, I guess, if you're still in this country, because there might be a good chance that even though you're in Oklahoma, that you might still, you know, maybe you have some kind of connection to that whole story. Uh, Mongolians dressed up in pioneer garb. In 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 American 1840s pioneer garb. Yeah. Wow. Bon- yeah. Bonnets and... and In in Mongolia, yeah. <laughs> Pushing handcarts across uh, the Mongolian landscape. Oh, my gosh. Um, through little areas that they've temporarily named Illinois and <laughs> Nebraska and Wyoming. <laughs> and singing hymns like that Come Coming awesome. Saints. Um, and, uh, and I look through the pictures, and the pictures are just fantastic oh well um, we got to post those too then we'll totally post these on on the facebook page um but really really good stuff uh, and it just it really leads me to like i think they're doing it wrong i think they're doing this <laughs> this whole like connection to 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 the history completely wrong because oh, that yeah? connection for these mongolians is only going to go so far Right. These, these are, and, and, and for anybody who's not a descendant of the pioneers, it's not your story. Uh, okay. I, okay. I hear you, but what we're doing here is we're taking this out of the, the realm of, um, the history of a place and a people and making it about a religion. And yeah. that's a very different thing. And I think that that is their story. If they're dumb enough to become Mormons, oh. God, I shouldn't say it that way. I just gullible enough. If if <laughs> if Mongoli Mormons, Mormgolians, can we call them Mormgolians? I don't know that that's very. It's not going to work. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> somehow they've convinced all these Mongolians to become Mormons. That's fine. Uh, you say all these. I bet it's not all these. I, you, that it's sounds like, like there's a big group. This is. <laughs> Like oh they've they've got a few they've got a few they've got a few anyway so here's what I'm saying how is that any different than the guys in the stupid uh, Christian amusement park in Religious putting on a reenactment of Jesus's trek up the up the mountain to get crucified well Jesus is their God 
<laughs> and it's a pivotal story, <laughs> yeah. right? That whole thing is like central to Christianity. Yeah. It's not sent the, the pioneer trek, the pioneers making their way across the plains should not be central. I'm, I'm not saying that it isn't central. I'm saying that it should not be central. What? Give it a couple centuries and it's, and it's Moses. It's the same, you know, it's, it's just a group of people who got kicked out of one place and trekked to another place. Yeah. It's no different. I mean, the Mormons love to connect it with the Exodus in, uh, in the Bible. Oh, they, yeah. Yeah. They do. It, they will it they call the it Exodus. the Exodus. Yeah. yeah. It is the same. It's the, Mormon the same. Exodus. I'm giving it to them. It's kind of the same thing. They were, well, not the same thing in terms of like, well, they were slaves or whatever. And, and but, also that it probably actually happened. <laughs> well, we know that is, the Mormon one happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it is different from the Moses one. <laughs> from the one. biblical one, which and could just be legend. <laughs> which is probably, which which <laughs> anthropologically, the evidence shows that it probably never happened. But yeah. yeah. Also, logic shows that too. <laughs> the parting of the Red Sea. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. All of those miracles. Yeah. Oh yeah. So anyways, I just thought that was that was interesting and and Every, like everyone, if you could just do me a favor, close your eyes right now and picture a bunch of Mongolians <laughs> dressed up as 1840s Americans crossing the Mongolian plains. Yeah, it's absurd. That's a great image. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm gonna just let that image sustain me for a little while. That's great. <laughs> it's probably better in my head than it is on the pictures. I haven't seen the pictures yet. Uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of pretty good, um, we we got from the Facebook, um, our friend Michael on Facebook posted a thing that I wanted to talk about because I think it's actually really good. Okay. It's really interesting. Okay. An article in Scientific American called How, Christ- How Critical Thinkers Lose Their Faith in God, which actually is a bit misleading of a title. But anyway, what's interesting about it is that a couple of researchers – have been doing research on um, on belief and on faith and on religious thought. And this to me this to me gets really to the core of of my thinking in terms of what religion is, what th- what rationality is, wh- how they intersect. They talk about two different kinds of systems of thinking. Okay. Apparently this is uh, this is a common thing that they talk about in psychological circles. System one and system two. Okay. And system one thinking, um, they're both very useful, but the, but the thing is that system one thinking uses, it's, it's basically your, uh, your intuition. It's, 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 it's snap judgments. It's quick. It's a quick way of uh, a quick process. Whereas your gut. Yeah. I think, I think gut is a reasonable way of talking about it. It, um, so Let's see. How does it describe it here? Um, so system one processes. So well, okay. So system one is your gut. System two is your your reason, your anal, your analytical thinking. Okay. So any magical thinking is obviously going to be system one. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah. Anything else? Anything that requires, uh, you know, more an- analysis is system two. And the thing is that system two is obviously a lot more intensive it's a lot harder it takes more energy it takes more time okay so system one is more comfortable okay it's definitely like and we use it all the time we all use system one it's very easy you know if you're driving down the street and you see a something on the side of the road you just make a quick judgment as to whether or not it's going to be safe for you to drive past it or whatever um but what's interesting is so these researchers started using 
tricks. Psychologists have always used tricks to try and make brains use system one versus system two or snap them into system two versus system one. So for instance, they would ask somebody a question or ask a series of study participants a question after having them look at Rodin's The Thinker versus having them look at a piece of art that is system neutral, meaning uh, it doesn't invoke either system one or system two. It's just a pastoral painting or whatever. Okay. Or a painting of just a person not doing anything. Okay. So apparently, even just looking at the thinker will, we'll, you think? will trigger your brain into system two thought. Really? It'll just inspire your brain to go into system two. So what these guys did was did a bunch of stuff involving trying to get system two thought versus system one thought and then asking a bunch of... Uh, Religious questions, questions about people's faith. And what they found was, in several different studies, uh, once you get them into System 2, their faith, their, the way they answer the questions, ew, it's, it totally changes. Really? The same people asked the same questions, or like the same, you know, or, or are statistically uh, equal group, mm-hmm. ask the same questions. And here's one of the things, and this one was fascinating. If they asked, if they had the, these, these people reading a, a questionnaire in a font that was difficult to read okay. versus a clear font, their, their religiosity went down <laughs> in the answer to the questions. <laughs> if they had to focus uh, 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 and li- really work out what they were reading... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, everything should be written in a in a difficult to read font. Absolutely. Hmm. That's that's wild. Yeah. I I read that. I I found that just fascinating. Yeah. So the the researchers found. I'm going to just read this part. The participants who filled out a survey that was printed in an in unclear font expressed less belief as compared to those who filled out the same survey in a clear font. I'm fascinated by that. <laughs> I am just suddenly, I just, I realize now I, professors, teachers should be making their shit hard to read just so mm. that their class, 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 classes, their students have to, have to engage those, those reasoning things. Anything? Yeah. It's or really something. Yeah. I think it's just, I, I think it's amazing. I think that, that, that just shows if anything, it just shows how how tenuous our hold on our own on our own beliefs and rationality is really as humans mm. we're just so changeable we think we're so set on things, but the tiniest little triggers can have amazing effects on our beliefs on our thoughts hmm so it's, it's an amazing thing Wh- which font um makes people not believe in Jesus? Is there a font? Is it Comic Sans? It was Comic Sans for me. <laughs> that, was, that was the one that made me an atheist, finally. <laughs> no, I, no, that you don't want the one that makes you suicidal. You want the one that makes oh, you think. Oh, okay. So not Papyrus, not Comic <laughs> Sans. No, no. Oh, okay. Just something that's hard to read. Hmm, okay. You don't like want to nice, go... Like a, like a calligraphy. Yeah. Yeah, like an old, an old German calligraphy. Ooh, like a... Uh, yeah, okay. I, I don't have my font book up otherwise yeah. i'd be looking through and oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. um but yeah helvetica that doesn't make you think at all no it makes people 
Apparently. Make, Helvetica is making you stupid, people. Oh. That be- makes me sad. It's a lovely font, but it's making you stupid. <laughs> creating magical thinking. Well, um... All right. Well, I came across something that I thought was um, kind of interesting. Yeah. And, and at, at sort of first glance, I, I didn't think too much about it. Mm. Um, um, the, the headline says, ban on headscarves may limit freedoms. Okay. And, well, I think a ban on, on anything could easily be argued to say that that's limiting a freedom. It's by definition. Sure. It yeah. seems to be. Right. Unless it's a ban on banning freedom. Oh, ooh. Oh, see what I did there? Wow. Turned it all I, around. I, I'm having a hard time even thinking through that one, Dan. I'll, I'll write it in a weird font. You'll be able to figure it out. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so anyways, um, this was um, a, uh, a, a, a UC Santa Barbara um, professor, I believe, oh. um, who's written a book. Um, about sort of the, 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 the Muslim experience of, mm. of, um, of, of, of like the, the, the Muslim women being limited from the public sphere, mm. actually, in the name of secularism, democracy, liberalism, women's rights, um, that, 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 that you, what, what you're doing is actually, um, you know, creating a society where, um, if 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 those women are doing what they're being taught is the right thing by mm-hmm. their religion, um, that there are whole spheres of, of society that they can't engage in, in in a society that would ban the the, the yeah. use of the headscarf, the hijab, um, and and yeah, that doesn't like strike me all that crazy or anything. But this led to a discussion in in this article about the book about um, the practice in Turkey. Because right. Turkey is 99% Muslim. Right. It's, but since the 1920s, I just found out, has essentially been secular. Isn't that And weird? they have banned headscarves in, uh, when, whenever you're sort of... When you're, when when you're, you're in, in a, a job. Public, when you're in a public sphere. Yeah. I um, think that's amazing. In, in order to, to... Because, like, if, if you have a, a society that is... If, if you're wanting to create a secular society that's no. going to be able to interact with Europe, which Turkey is like desperately trying to become a part of Europe right. officially. Right. And there um, may be some openings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I think that the core group is going to be a little more leery of yeah, letting exactly. in uh, any new members. <laughs> um, but anyways, so, so, so in order to create that society, they had to go to some, some pretty drastic you know, yeah. it takes some pretty drastic steps. Right. One of them being the, the banning of, of the hijab. Um, and, but, but I think that it's so interesting because what, what I find interesting about this is, and, and we were talking about this earlier is that, you know, Will France has, has joined in, uh, in a lot of ways, mm. um, in, 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 in banning the, the, the headscarf. And it's just, such, yeah. it's just such not a discussion that, that, that we really have in this country. I think we kind of, yeah. like, you might be, you might walk down the street and be, have some sort of revulsion, right? I know, I hate to say revulsion, have a reaction to seeing a woman who is, um, is, uh, well, a hijab I don't find to be too much of a problem, but I, I actually saw a woman in like a burqa mm-hmm. 
um, at the supermarket yep. the other day. And I was like, whoa, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Like full on just, just, just her eyes. eyes. That's all you could see. Yeah. And that's a burqa, right? I, I don't know uh, what the, the, I, I mean. The, I think the burqa is more the Afghani thing where yeah. it's like they even have like a little mesh screen. Right. And it's like big and burlappy. But and I think was we, just, we think of it as just being whatever, fabric. whatever's a head to toe covering. With only eyes showing is a burqa. Let's just call let's that just, a burqa. Let's say that that's what a burqa is, even if that's not entirely accurate. Yeah. Who cares? Um, but anyways, yeah, I saw a woman completely dressed like that. And yeah. I was like, oh, God, that just like it, it really bothers me. Mm. Right. But, I mean, I reckon... Well, actually, I do have a problem with the burqa. Yeah. Because I think people should have to show their faces in public. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. And so, you know, like... Although, why? I mean, there are reasons. There are reasons. She could she could be robbing that store. <laughs> well, I, my bank won't let me... Uh, well, my credit union won't let... It uh, has a sign on the door that says, you know, take off sunglasses and hats when right. you're in this building. Sure. You know, I think that's pretty standard fare. You know what? And so, like, what does she do? Why haven't we seen a, a heist flick where every, where all the, the, the robbers dress in burqas? Wasn't there that one with um, Ben Affleck? I think they dressed as nuns. Oh. With goofy masks. But Is a, that what it was? Yeah. But a, gir- a burqa, you don't even need a mask. You just go in and people just will accept that you're just supposed to be like that. Yeah. And then you rob it. And then you rob it. Because screw you. A group of women in burkas with... Yeah. The burka bandits. <laughs> the hajib hijackers. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, no. And so, so anyways, like, I, I don't know. Like, I just think it's... Um, a, I thought that that was really fascinating about Turkey. Mm, I didn't know yeah. that about Turkey yeah, at I, all. Um, but, I mean, what do you think? Because, personally, I... W- like what what is what is it that the that i mean obviously with france they're trying to protect themselves from sort of the encroachment of another culture right the, well there's but that element of in it. turkey well there it's a it's a fascinating question and because what's funny what, is that you're how right harmful that, it, like just think of a woman with yeah. a scarf on her head right that's all. That's all we're talking about with the hijab. Yeah, and they don't allow that. Think about uh, Audrey Hepburn in a in the back of a or or in a in a convertible. Yeah, that's that's you. You have that on your head. You can't participate in public life. I think, you know, it's so fascinating to me because for one thing, for all of the anti-Islamic feeling in America, yeah, I don't think it occurs to anybody to say, well, you're not allowed to wear the shit. Exactly. I don't think that even that's even part of the discussion. Right. They may not want a mosque in their neighborhood, but nobody really. But I've never heard any mention about the the headscarf. About about making it illegal. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't even occur to people. I. I think. Hmm. What do I think? You may not want them in your neighborhood, but as long as they're not in your neighborhood, <laughs> yeah, they can know. dress how they want. <laughs> I. I don't know. I, it, does it do anything? I, frankly, I want all religion gone. So know, it's hard right? for me to extract that thinking from... I, I don't think... I wouldn't want to live in a society... Like, in a, in a place where the government banned religion. Except that. It's not banning religion. And let's... And, and here's, here's where we need to make some differentiations. It's important for the government to be able to ban practices that are unsafe for society, even if, the, even if there's a religion that says that it's okay. Right. But this is not what this is. No. 
I'm just trying to set down some some guidelines, some basic rules. So the question for me is, is there a, vi- a valid and viable reason why it harms or endangers society to have people walking around with with these markers uh, of their religion on them? Well, I'd have to say no. Well, it's an easy position to take. I mean, I think no, that there is are that th- an easy position. Well, here's the, here's the thing: in France, a lot of times, they, a lot of the justification for it in France, and they have banned it in France. And the reason, one of the justifications was that kids were getting in scuffles at school. There was violence occurring based on uh, that difference. Right but now, that I don't think that that's a valid argument. You're not teaching people to live in a in a in a pluralistic society. No, you're just teaching you, them that you're you're just teaching everybody that you're actually it's on the o- side of the, of the bullies. Right in that case, exactly. So yeah, I think I think in the end, it's the wrong it's the wrong answer. The wrong the answer is never to say you're not allowed to wear the head the because the it's scarf. because it's not getting in the way of anything. Like, right. But like we said before, the burqa it does get in the way of something. Right. Right. Yeah. If your face is covered entirely. And we can't tell who you are as you as you go through your life. You know, right. it, you know if a, if a cop can't pull you over and say, "I have to look at your face right now," right? And you know, your driver's license has to have a picture of your face, right? Because it's ID, right? It's not that it's just like, oh, hey, we <laughs> we put pictures on our right, right? No, no, that is to identify you, right? Your identity is in your face. It's at not- least though, that's how we do it now. But I don't know. I mean, maybe with the advent of like quick bio identities you know retinal scans or something like that well, first of all someone shouldn't be driving a car with so much fabric around their eyes <laughs> it's true it, it's it, it, it may it may impair their vision if it impairs their vision absolutely not get some tinted windows yeah <laughs> and then just drive around naked and reduce to burqa or to to, <laughs> to hijab to hijab for a minute what about ninjas can ninjas drive no okay Anyway, you know, what, what's really ironic about this is that there's uh, – my understanding is that – and we I haven't done enough research to really know this. But my understanding is that there's nothing in the Quran that specifically says that you have to wear – that women have to wear a headscarf. Right. That's, that's, all, that's all later. That's not Quranic. Yeah, I don't, I don't know for sure. But, I mean, obviously, uh, even certain Christian groups have come to a similar conclusion – Mm-hmm. about modesty yeah uh which you know where women have had to cover their heads at different different points yeah um you know the, yeah. the, the christians were doing it yeah don't isn't there something in the temple in the mormon temple yeah oh they put veils over their faces that's what it is is it you're yeah. the one that's been there i haven't been there yeah they don't have to wear it all the time but there's a certain part but there are hats their hats, yeah. And they have <laughs> funny little hoods for the women. Oh, the temple clothes are bizarre. Yeah. I haven't seen the temple clothes. You guys should look that shit up. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Anyway, okay. So, can I move along? I'll stay in the same part of the world, a similar part of the world as Turkey. Yeah, okay. Uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina. Ooh. Or Herzegovina. Or okay. Herzegovina. Oh, okay. Uh, where I And I wasn't aware of this until I read this article. There apparently in 1981, six mm-hmm. peasants in a small town called Mayugoria. Um, <laughs> apparently, they apparently the Virgin Mary appeared to them. What and continues no, to didn't. continues to do so 
daily. No, she doesn't. Yeah, they get these apparitions. No. They call it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. It's very clearly true hmm. because they say so. Hmm. <laughs> and and because and pilgrims go there and mm -hmm. uh, and they they you know every, the the women come out and they say hey she prayed over you Mary prayed over you you don't get to see her you'll never get to see her but she uh, she loved anyway the article that I read uh, huh. well the title of the article is just precious visionary from Medjugorje says Virgin Mary is aware of economic crisis. Oh, well, as basically a god, that's good. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, it's good you, that she's aware. You want you if if she's going to be awareness is good. If she's if she's going to be making appearances and blessing people, she should really know what's going on. So she she reads. Yeah, she reads yeah. the paper. Oh yeah, she's up on she's up on it. Okay. Oh, Although apparently she rejects. She, apparently she's quote more concerned uh, with she, oh she's more preoccupied with spiritual matters, uh, but. When there is a spiritual crisis, there is also an economic crisis. Oh, that's true. No, it's not. No, I I've heard that before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, it must be true. Huh. If you heard it somewhere. Wow. So, wait, this poor place in, in the world, mm -hmm. and you have poor people. Yeah. And they come up with, like, a really good scam. <laughs> Do do people like pay them? Yeah, well, okay. So I went to make the, offerings to Mary, but then they there is reap a the benefits. There is a website. I did check out the website for Medjugorje. Uh, Medjugorje dot org actually has oh. a lovely website. They've got hey. a nice overview of what happened. Um, one of the tabs on the website is donations. Oh, good. Which they will accept gladly. Oh, good. So good. It, well. does, it seems to me that the, a bunch of teenage girls were in a small town and somebody convinced them that they were having i don't know I, to me it just we can start up a whole industry yeah here yeah i mean this is that's what i would do having just come if, from if eastern I had, europe like, no sense of like um propriety <laughs> yeah right i would totally set myself up as some sort of religious charlatan are you kidding me that's it's a gold mine yeah yeah oh absolutely I, okay. I i would be a great founder of a crazy religion i think <laughs> i think i would do a good job of that if i if i had if i lacked scruples yeah i think that would be uh, and believe me having come just from eastern europe being all over in poland and czech republic and stuff people these people there are so many people who want who will take you for everything you've got uh, oh we, i was joking yeah no no it's Matter of fact, we weren't allowed to rent. We were renting. We rented a car so that we could drive all around. Uh -huh. If you're driving into Poland, you're not allowed to rent a, a Mercedes. Oh, because they will steal it. Wow. It were you, is, were you going to rent a Mercedes otherwise? It was one of the possibilities. Oh wow. Well, Mercedes. I mean, oh, it's it's, hey. it's European. It, those oh. are, they're they're oh. all over the place. But yeah, the the point is. <laughs> there are plenty of people looking to take everything from right. you looking in any i mean like you know you get all of these tourist trap places and everything in prague is a tourist trap like cu like cultural things oh classical music is a tourist trap somehow they've oh, turned wow. it all into tourist trap wow. everything there is just geared like, because they were communist bloc and now they're trying to get a real economy going and everything sure. and they, they want they want you to leave your your money yeah and they've got all kinds so of great ways, to, ways do it. to help you to it's, do that. Yeah. But, huh. but okay. yeah, it doesn't surprise me that someone in the, and it's not just in Eastern Europe, there are charlatans everywhere. 
But mm. the fact that they got these six girls to like, Mary appeared to me. It, it you know what it reminds me of. Have you seen the play the uh, the Crucible? Oh, Arthur, I, I, Arthur Miller's play yeah, the Crucible. I no, where it, it's about the Salem witch trials, right. and, and there are all these girls that basically peer pressure each other into hysteria. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and yeah, seems seems pretty likely to me. Huh. The 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 Catholics, by the way, the uh, the Vatican has yet to rule on whether or not this is a true miracle. Well, they need to figure out how they can make money off of it or not. <laughs> no, no can, it's actually much. It's actually more practical than that. <laughs> oh, is it? They need to wait until it's over, and when it stops, they can rule on it. And because if they rule on it being true, uh-huh. and then one of the girls says something heretical, oh right, they can They have no control. So they waited until the whole Fatima thing was done. They wait. They what they do is they wait until it's all over, and then they then they give their yay or nay to it. They are the charlatans. Oh, it's all charlatanism. They, 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 they've, they've got it figured out. Of course they do. Oh. Of course they do. Well, I mean, if I were in their position, that's exactly what I would do. Yeah. We're investigating. Yeah. Investigations are ongoing. We don't assent to it, but we don't deny it either until it's all over with. And then it was a miracle. Oh. Ta-da. Thanks, John boy. <laughs> John Boy, yeah, is that show, a Walton moment? The show that he, uh, the, the the actor oh, hosted on oh. UPN or PAX or whatever. Oh, it was. that was a miracle. It was thing. called "It's a Miracle." <laughs> <laughs> Tell you That's what, my be, favorite. What's a miracle is when the plumbing in England works. That's a miracle. Oh, Dan. Anyway, Dan. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. shouldn't say such things. No, it's terrible of me. I know. Um, well, I, I've got some other news from Europe. Oh, good. We're yeah. going to stay European. We're um, very continental on this. So on, this, on this is show. an interesting one. Um, the UN Committee on the Rights of the Child um, mm-hmm. has condemned the use of uh, what are just kind of called baby boxes in, in Europe. So They're these sort are of widely when, used. When you go to a restaurant and they serve you baby, but you, they come in little... It's like a bento box, <laughs> right. yes. But instead... You have no. That's gross. Um, no, these are for like if uh, a, a, a mother, mm. a woman, a, a pregnant woman who's not in her right mind and has made no preparations for, or is not able to prepare for actually caring for a baby. Right? Doesn't want it. Yeah. Usually a teenage girl. Uh, in, in this scenario, um, who uh, in, uh, has. Would would normally resort to a dumpster, yeah, just getting rid of the baby, right? Um, so they they have the baby outside of a hospital, or leaving so it on a grid. doorstep, or something. Or leaving it on a doorstep. It's yeah, it's it's the baby in a basket on a doorstep. That classic thing, right? right. This is um, so they've set up these boxes um, in places, probably outside of like hospitals or whatever, right? Um, where a woman can approach with a baby. Put it in the box, ring a bell, and leave, and, and get the fuck nobody's out. gonna. Nobody asks any questions, right? And so, what the what this uh, committee on the rights of the child is saying is that um, it actually is infringing upon the rights of the child to know their parents. Oh God, that's so stupid! <laughs> oh my God, that is so stupid! <laughs> <laughs> So that bothers you? What? Okay. 
Okay, first of all, so this means that like they are declaring that an adopted baby, a baby that was given up for adoption, has the right to know their... Well, there's a paper trail. At some point in their life, yeah, they, but... would, they would be able to figure out who their parent is oh, if God. they wanted to. It's so dumb. And the parent wanted to. But By if the way... it's completely off the grid and there's no paperwork, then this, apparently... This is, a, this is a fake argument. They are not making the argument that they're really thinking. The real argument that they're thinking is that this somehow they're worried that this will encourage women to get pregnant and dump their babies. Or somehow this will encourage them, this practice of having these baby boxes will we'll make it okay for them to do it. Or make or or make them want to do it or something. That's what they're really thinking. But they know that they, that people would object to that to well, that argument. What they're saying is that and this is a quote. Uh, these are these women are in general victims of a lack of adequate social networks. True. And state public services. Granted. In the absence of such services, these boxes are a plausible solution to ensure. Uh, oh wait, no, this is actually. Yeah, I was going to say you're <laughs> you're on the wrong side of the argument right now. Um, no, 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 no. No, I agree with that though. That's usually what yeah, we're yeah, dealing with. Yeah. Um, but there was there was actually a quote. Where was the quote? Um, th- where I was like, oh, okay. Um, anyhow, but yeah, they, the, the truth of the matter is that there's, if, if a mother does not want a child, then we as a society, by all means should take that child. Absolutely. And I think that there is no reason that that, jury I don't had, want that person to raise a child. Yeah. I thought the jury had already ruled in this. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Fact, these baby boxes seem like really humane um it's kind of a beautiful notion it's like yeah, it's, it's like, like we we still value the, the life the human life child. and we don't want this child to be raised in a place where it won't be wanted where it will we we don't want or worse that will die right um that was one of the statistics that they actually brought up in the czech republic i think was the um the uh there are 50 baby boxes scattered across the country um that have recovered 75 babies Wow. Since 2005, um, you know, and then uh, there were there was another one where um, seven they're, they're, they're in the Czech Republic. Uh, five babies have been reunited with their mothers after having uh, oh. after having been left in a box. Um, and so but but somehow they're they're coming up with the statistic that seven percent of babies of these babies would have probably have died. They're saying yeah. 7%. So what what's happening is I think what's really interesting is the thing that you just brought up, which is that it seems to be, um, yeah, getting, getting kids out of situations where they would be less than wanted. Yeah. You know, the other thing, maybe this, and you tell me what you think this would do. Would this solve, who is it? The UN? Is the it, UN, yeah. Would this solve the UN's problem if a mother could take, if when she dropped a baby off, mm-hmm. she could take an identification thing that I, that was going, like like an identification would be issued to that baby and she could take a, like it would give her a, like a printout or something of that. She could take it with her. So if she wanted to. It's she, the rights of the child that they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And so the only thing that you could do is just guarantee, um, like her, that she would not be like making, making it, I do not saying that it is not, 
illegal to abandon a child, which it is. Yeah. It's illegal to abandon a child. Right. I don't know. I, the truth of the matter is that I don't know. I, I don't think an argument. I don't understand the argument that a child has a right to know who their parent right? is. Right? Isn't that just like. That doesn't I, make any sense at all to me. It, it doesn't weigh against everything else. Right. Like you put that in a scale against everything else that could happen to that child. Right. A, a child has more of a right to stay alive. Right. And more of a right to be raised. You know, well, raised? unfortunately, probably in the Czech Republic, that child's not going to be. I mean, I, 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 I just. Wow. No, I'm saying I'm saying in Eastern Europe there are still orphanages. There's still oh sure. Like it's not like it's not like going into this box is going to guarantee this child a family. Oh right. It's this not is what like I'm saying. The, the shortage of American right like, babies in America right now. Right. Exactly. But there's far fewer babies than there are willing families. Right. There are lots of families looking to adopt, and they actually start adver- They have to advertise themselves to adopt a child. Our friend's sister who is going through that process. Mm-hmm. She handed me one of one their of cards, cards yeah. and I like almost started crying. Yeah, looking at the card because it's so cute. First of so all, cute. it's so cute. Yeah, because they've got their two beautiful kids. They've got them. They're just this fantastic, you know, picture perfect family. Yeah, and it's all about hey, why don't you give us your child <laughs> that you don't want? <laughs> why not choose <laughs> us? And it, but what was also interesting is she handed it to me and she's like, and if you know anybody, like she's networking. Yeah. Like They're she, working the system. Yeah. Which I find, okay, okay. I, I wish them the best, but they have two kids. Isn't that a little weird? Is that a little they weird? They want a third and they can't have one. Yeah. And at least they're not trying to have another At least it would be a really good home. Yeah. It would be a great home. You I know. love those guys. I think they'd be fantastic parents. They are fantastic parents. I think they'd be fantastic parents to another child. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. The whole baby box thing is so weird. (laughs) And what's funny is that as you were talking about it, what popped into my mind was a take a baby, leave a baby. Like like the penny thing at the 7-Eleven. You're just not happy with yours. (laughs) Like, oh, I always wanted a baby. Or you're you're walking past and you're like, oh, I could use a baby. (laughs) Sure. I'll just, Yeah. I didn't even so you don't even that. have to leave a baby? No, you don't so have to. Some people leave a baby. Right. Yeah. Some people leave one. And then other people are like, um, yeah, you know what? A baby. I could definitely, I would definitely have, have fun with a baby. Yeah. I think that's great. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I did that with, uh, the, um, novelized version of the Towering Inferno. <laughs> I, I took a copy of that. Oh, yeah? From a leave a book, take a book yeah. thing. That's always nice. The Towering Inferno. Yeah, sure. It was awesome. It was one of the best reads. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, one of my favorite things when, <laughs> when, when like somebody tells me about like, oh, the book seven of Harry Potter or whatever, I like to say, they made a book of that? Oh, um, right. I, yeah, that's kind of funny. But, but the truth of the matter is when someone novelizes a movie, that's always the funniest thing in the world to me. Yeah, right. All the... All the novels of, like, Star Wars movies or whatever. Well, and then there's, like, well, more than that, there's Star Trek. Yeah. That's, like, they they, they go off on their own. Oh, yeah. Thing. Well, there's a in pretty intense fanfic for all of those Yeah. Things. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, oh, you, oh, you people who have, have so little to do. <laughs> so, so little to do. All right. Well, I think that got us through everything we wanted yeah. to talk about, right? Yeah. 
Here right. we are. If you'd like to uh, add your voice to the conversation, you can do so at facebook.com slash TGI Atheist or follow us on Twitter at TGI Atheist. Yeah. And, and dude, you know what? There, it's fun on the Facebook. Everybody, you know, leave, leave, start a discussion. 90 some odd likes. Yeah. We got a uh, 92. 92. We'll, we'll get over 100. We'll get yeah. over that 100. So home. we just need eight people you could be our 100 liker <laughs> and we're gonna there's a big cash prize for the 100 no, there's not there's no, no there's there no absolutely prize. no prize whatsoever. no cash prize but you you'll feel good you'll feel good inside also you can uh you can email us at mm. uh podcast at thank god i'm atheist.com and there's also a voicemail mm-hmm. set up um at 424-666-8442 and that lets you just uh, le- le- add, literally add your voice to the yeah. conversation. If we you will, leave us we, a voicemail, we'll play we'll... your voice on the air. Yeah. You'll be part of the podcast. Yeah. And then we'll make fun of you. Yeah. Oh, well, oh no. No, we don't we, do that. Actually, we've never done we've anything never done remote that. like, like oh that. Oh, my God. Because everybody that leaves voicemails is awesome and they have something really cool to say. Mm-hmm. So yeah. be awesome. Have be something awesome. cool to say. Join. Join yeah. us. Well, Dan, we didn't plan a break. Oh, shoot. We got to this point. We didn't plan a break. So let's just move on. We are out of practice. We are a little out of practice. <laughs> um, so I haven't c- done this for a while, Frank. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And I'm hungry and have a headache. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I, yeah. sh- I should have fed you. We, you know, we no, used to, we used I'm hungry now. I wasn't hungry before. Okay. And I've had a headache all day. We used to have that uh, our little ritual, which was we, we, we would each eat a Snickers. I know. Before. Mm. That was our sacrament. Well, and we would do it because we were recording late at night. Yeah. And we noticed that our energy was low. <laughs> yeah, we needed we needed the blood sugar spike. Uh, so, uh, travels in Europe. Yeah, in Europe, where religion was invented. I don't know if that's true. That's not true at all. Yeah, no. no. I think it... But they, they did take it and... They ran kind of, with it. Yeah. They, they, they did it real special. <laughs> they do it up nice over there. Well, not so much anymore. No, they're they've become, kind of getting away from all that. They've become quite bad at religion. Oh, I wouldn't say that. But they got some pretty pretty buildings. Yeah, like uh, like uh, like what? Well, okay. So I did want to. Now I've I, I talked in our London episodes or my London episodes. Their yours were still Salt Lake episodes, mm. but in the episodes from, that I re- that we recorded from London. Yes. Um, I I think I did talk about going to St Paul's Cathedral. Um, I don't know if I talked about Westminster Abbey, but the, you know, there's there are these, and I also went to uh, I went to Notre Dame, the Cathedral oh, yeah. of Notre Dame. It's lovely. That's French for Our Lady. Mm-hmm. They have a beautiful stained glass window. If I a rose if I window, recall. it's the rose window. The the lovely. Uh huh. And and flying buttresses just abound. And I love a flying buttress. Everybody loves it. You know, the first time I went to France when I was when I was nine, my mom, my parents took us to France, and we uh, we um, went to Notre Dame, and I it was the funniest thing. I, my mom was trying to point out to me the flying buttresses, oh, and yeah. she explained what they were. I don't know how much I was listening and how much I wasn't, but she kept pointing, and I kept looking up at this cathedral. Trying to find the things that are flying around the cathedral. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't know what a buttress was. I literally, it took just, I think we just gave up after a while because I never and figured she's it out. like, right there. It's the thing They're that's coming right off there. of the building. And I'm like, the, there's nothing flying, Mom. There's just pigeons. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Pigeons can fly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But they're not buttresses. 
No. Pigeons are not the same as buttresses. No. I learned that later. Anyway, so so I went to all these great edifices. Um, I went in Prague. I went to uh, there's a there's a cathedral of Saint Vitus that's up. I in don't the, know who that is. I don't either. But it but it's a that's actually a really cool cathedral. Although they, man, Czech Republic's weird, right? Because it was part of the communist bloc, so there wasn't allowed to be any religion for a while, right? But they've got these big churches and things. It's bizarre. And then they've stuffed them full of, like, iconography just everywhere. In oh. stark contrast, by the way, to the palace uh, in the same castle area. And there's, there's, It's called the castle. It's up on a hill in Prague. Okay. The Cathedral of St. Vitus is right there. Okay. And that's really beautiful and ornate and, and old. Um, but it's just stuffed with, like, there's a shrine just sort of tucked away in, in one of the areas of the... It, it's really weird. How how stuffed full this thing is, and then you go into the palace part of the castle, and it's empty. It is. I mean, I'm used to going to stuff in Western Europe where it's like everything. You know, it's an ornate, gorgeous building stuffed with ornate, gorgeous stuff. You know, oh, art right. on the walls and the you know, you know, Louis the Fifteenth chairs and all of this. You know, gold everywhere and all this stuff. There's nothing. They've thrown in a couple of, you know, a couple of dressers in one place and a chair over here to just kind of give you the idea that this was a room that somebody went into. But my God, it is empty. They, was everything just sold off? Yeah, I think so. And no like, way. and like, they've, you know, they've gone over the, these brick walls with some, you know, plaster or whatever, and they've just they've they've basically ruined it. It's oh. it'll take a, it'll be a while before that looks good ever again. Oh, okay, but. One, but the re- one of the things that I wanted to bring up, the reason I'm talking about all of these grand edifices, ooh, ooh, and there was another one that I needed to mention because it's so cool. It's called the uh, the the. It's an it's called an ossuary. Oh, okay. And it's in the bone things. Yeah, it's a, it's in Sedlich. I don't know if that's the pronunciation. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's in the Czech Republic. It's, okay. it's maybe an hour outside of Prague, mm-hmm. and it's kooky town. It's a church, mm-hmm. but they've built but they've used human bones yeah. to decorate everything yeah and, like built this like the, you walk in and there's this huge uh chandelier oh, made yeah. of human bones yeah and, like just skulls everywhere yeah they've got one of those in rome yeah yeah this one we the, called it the church of the bones yeah because yeah. we were just like we would go and it's yeah it was it was crazy town and you you could identify oh that's like that's those are spinal uh-huh. whatevers and they've They've made some crazy Baroque-looking design yeah. with it, but it's all bones. Right. They've made a and they've made a bird out of and, finger bones. Yeah. And there was um there was the uh, barber two uh, barber children little 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 just little guys who died from the Barberini family, which was a major one of the big families. Yeah, one of the big families yeah. in Rome, and I guess they were patrons of this church, and uh, so they're the skeletons from their two children are f- intact, mm. but they've added on other bones to create wings <laughs> for them. <laughs> you creepy bastards. <laughs> so they're now skeletal cherubs. Oh my God. And it's just, it's, it's really weird. Like, yeah, there's yeah. this weird, like almost, um, like, what is that? It's so weird because I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. 
It's amazing. Maybe we should post some pics of that. We could post some pictures, sure. Anyway, um, so we went to see that. I guess what I'm getting at, because I didn't really, I, I put a lot of, I gave a lot of thought to, I was thinking quite a bit about religion and what, what it means mm-hmm. and what it gives to people. Mm-hmm. And I talked to a lot of people about religion. You guys heard my uh, my interview with, with the Bishop of with, London. With dude, yeah. Which, by the way, I became a celebrity with everybody that I was hanging out with. Because, <laughs> no, not as much of a celebrity as the guy who sat next to Alan Rickman at one of the plays we went to. Ooh, hey. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> the, the professor of my my trip was just like, that's the Bishop of London. How did you get that? And yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I guess what, what, what okay. So I'm going to set all of that aside. Keep that in the back of your mind and okay. I'll tell you another story. Oh, I went, okay. we went to, uh, Auschwitz, mm. which, um, as you all, I'm sure know is the, uh, is, is one of the concentration camps where the Nazis killed people. Yes. I think more Jews died at Auschwitz than anywhere else. Okay. Um, it was awful. And it was yeah. it was uh, it was a really harrowing. It's what you expect, you know. You go yeah. there and you know what you're going to see. You're going to see some a bad place where horrible, horrible things happen. Hmm. Mildly, you know, I felt I definitely felt something there, mm-hmm. but it's not like you're you're sobbing. There are moments where you just sort of where it overwhelms you and you mm-hmm. become very. But but you know, it's it's. It's just, you know, it's sort of a place where you go and you bear witness. Okay. Then we went to Berlin and we were in, and we went to the Jewish Museum in Berlin. Okay. Now, this is a modern architecture thing. It's, it's, it's very interesting. It's, it's jagged and almost lightning-like in its, in its structure. Okay. And uh, you can't even enter. Is one, one of the things that the, uh, that the architect did, Daniel uh, Liebeskind. Was the name of the architect? Or, uh, okay. Architect. Uh, one of the things he did was he made it so that you can't you you can't actually find the entrance to the building. If you're looking at the building, you won't find the entrance to it because it's actually from another building. Oh, okay. It's this sort of imposing sort of idea of like you can't get into it. Anyway, there are m- rooms in that building. the 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 architect apparently calls voids. There are voids in this building. Um, one of them being um, what he called a chapel. That's just a very very dark room that's very that's triangular in shape and very very tall okay and you just go in there and there's nothing in there there's a there's a ladder that goes up one side and a small sliver um small window right at the top in 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 a very acute angle part of the triangle that lets some light in okay otherwise it's very dark okay that is where you got moved Huh. I was very moved in that place. Okay. And, you know, Andrea, my wife, was crying. Mm-hmm. It's just... So so the way I'm tying these two ideas together, that all of these religious edifices and that building, is that there's something to the idea of people going into a, a grand space and feeling something. Hmm. There's something... Very palpable, very real, and very important about space. Yeah, and it and it and and it it touches something deep inside people. I think inside me. Anyway, mm-hmm. I won't talk about people. I'll talk about me. Right. 
I find it very moving. You mm-hmm. go into St. Paul's Cathedral, and my God, it's just mind-blowing. Right. It's huge and gorgeous and overwhelming. And it's a great place to sit and think. Right. I think we need something like that. Yeah, and you were saying that that you don't think the secular world does a very good job of of creating spaces that inspire. There's no mechanism for it. The the thing is that a church can compel its members to give enough money to to create the thing. Right. There's just no mechanism to create that thing. Well, I mean, in the secular world. I don't know. I think a, a museum can can be inspiring and sure, a, a library. We have li- a wonderful library. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, and I love our library. It's one of my favorite spaces. Right. So I think that that's totally ins- like I I think it's inspiring. Like you walk into <clears throat> that place for the first time and it's like it. Yeah. You're like whoa, and it, it has that the the the, the main entry area the sort big, of has that sort of cathedral effect. It does. It's, it's so high. It's so tall, and you have this these you know kind of curving. Well, you have a curving wall yeah. and everything, and it's like it it. If you guys ever visit Salt Lake City, by the way, go to the Salt Lake City. Well, you have to go to the library, public library. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. That was designed by a guy named Moshe Softy. Yeah, it's true. I like that guy. <laughs> he, he's not. He's not designing the new theater. No. No. Uh, he, lost, he lost the bid. Oh uh, well, of course he did. He but would... actually, like a company that actually specializes in theater design. Okay. Well, and that's... really ultra modern type stuff. Cool. So they're cool. They're doing. We it, could have some more architecture. I and theaters are actually a really cool, like well designed theaters. Yeah, exactly. Also, are are a cool secular, yeah, uh, place. I just I, I, I that wish that there was a place that you could go that was specifically for reflection. That was. I mean, I guess the library kind of is that. that that's a I very good is. point. I think, I think that's a really good point. Think about being up on one of those, you know, higher levels, mm. um, and sort of the, the 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 side of the library that has all the views of the mountains. Yeah, you know, and or you being that, that huge void. I talk about voids. Yeah, that void space between you and the outer wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like it, it kind of you feel the height of the place, yeah. and then you look out over the the valley and mountain see the mountains off in the distance and everything did i ever tell you that i was in an earthquake right there oh really yeah oh wow up at the top no but i i I find myself whenever i go in there spending tons of time not focused on (laughs) the work that i should (laughs) right and instead just looking off into the space or looking off outside of the library yeah um it's it's a beautifully and very well done building um and so I, I don't know. I think that there are, but what, but what those spaces don't tend to have is community to, to, um, to support them. Mm. They tend not, you, you tend not to have a lot of social connections that are based on that space. Right. And that's, what's different. That's how the mechanism in my mind is working differently in those different spaces. Because right. like if, if you were a member of that congregation, Right. Of one mm. of those churches. If that's where you went to church was in a huge, beautiful, inspiring building. Um, then you have a different connection. You to have it. a very, very different connection. Yeah. Um, the connection that I feel, I don't, well, I don't feel a connection, but like when, when I think of the cathedrals that I've been in, um, the, the it, it is, there's awe, but a lot of my awe is how the hell did they do this? <laughs> right. This was, this was before like, before steam anything yeah yeah like it's amazing 
Like, and you go we're, in there, we're you go into these places and hoists and like it's crazy town. I read um, and people who are chis- hand chiseling rock. Uh, Basilica. The name is the name of the book, and it's about the uh, the dome of um, of uh, the Duomo mm-hmm. in Florence. Yeah, and and that it's only about the construction of the dome. Right. I'm sorry, that's not called Basil- Basilica. That one was called uh, Bernaleschi's Dome. Mm. And uh, just fascinating read. Yeah, like just because, like, how the hell? Like they it, it, when they designed it, right. They didn't know how they were going to build it, but that was somebody else's problem because that was in 150 years or whatever. Right, right, right. Like they knew they weren't going to be to the point of building the dome for, I think it was like a hundred years. Right. So somebody get to work on figuring that out. We'll we'll build the rest of it. They'll figure it. Yeah. And the dome, that dome is like absurd. Yeah. And so, yeah. Anyways, I find it all amazing. I mean, even, even just the little things, like you look down and you're walking on a you know a thousand year old floor stone that someone had to chisel into a square mm-hmm. and someone had to smooth off the top yeah and someone had, like that's astounding yeah you go into you go into Westminster Abbey where everybody who's famous ever is buried <laughs> yeah and it's bizarre like there was one guy who was it oh some famous Francis Bacon I don't know who it was somebody famous was buried there and couldn't like there was no room left so he was buried standing up oh my god vertically just so he could be just there just so that he could be there because he, there's it was like that's how they had to squeeze him in wow or maybe he didn't have enough money to get a full t- anyway but the fact wow. of the matter is that there are people buried standing up in that place but you know i mean that's the awe that i feel yeah in those places is its historical significance mm-hmm. and which I think is a very, that's not a pilgrim's awe. No, but you, you yeah. don't, you don't feel, a, a, an emotional response to the, to the architecture, to the, to the colors, to. Oh, absolutely. And if you're in a Gothic cathedral, the, the, the way that the light comes in, it lifts you up. It feels, yeah. you know, like, um, it's, it's, um, um, there's sort of a dizzying effect. There's a sensory you know, awe to it. You, There's you, a sensory. Des- and they were aware of that when they were designing mm-hmm. it. They were aware of the fact of the the way that they were letting light in coupled with the height, the fact that you're looking up. Yeah. Um that that when it comes in and it hits the floor and it bounces back up and the lights all coming from seemingly the wrong directions. Right, right, yeah. That it, it it puts you into this state of mind that's totally different. Yeah. And that is true. But 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 it was a designed thing. Yeah. They knew what they were doing when, yeah. they, when, they, when they built those cathedrals. Um, and so, yeah, in that regard, maybe we don't. But this is Alan de Bodden's thing, yeah. right? He wants to build a temple right. to atheism I, oh, in London, right? If you build something boring and stupid. I saw a design. It looks like it's really tall. Good. The whole point is to go into a room that's like unbelievably tall right. or something. Well, it's again, the, you it's know what it idea. is? You know what else? Here's another example of a nice secular thing. The temple at Burning Man. Yes. That's an interesting thing. Anyone who's ever been to Burning Man, there's a, they, every year they build a different structure each year. But they build a very large, cool structure uh, there mm-hmm. out on the desert playa. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's just a place to go and reflect and for hippies to cry. And yeah. Whatever. I would say you say that it's secular. I would say that... <laughs> It's secular in the sense that it's not officially linked to any one. It, it is what you want it to be. Right. 
So it's, and, it's uh, secular for us. Yeah. But there are people there who are having some sort of experience. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's the worship of the earth goddess. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Done through there, the, there, I remember the, there the being twirling of hula of hoops. Crying. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of crying. But, but yeah, but I, I think mean, that's like, I didn't feel a need to be like, to cry. In fact, it, it kind of creeped me out. Really? I have to say, yeah, it kind of creeped me I out. I didn't enjoy it in that sense. Like, I definitely didn't feel the impulse to lie on the floor and like, I like, found, listen yeah. to the sounds. The <laughs> man was far more fascinating to me. Oh, yeah. I loved, you know, climbing up the man and, and looking out over the playa and everything. But the, the temple, that's not so much. Yeah, well. You know, it's not for everybody, but I think that it is interesting. I think that it that spaces like this serve an awesome purpose, and I don't think we know what that all of the things that that is yet. Mm. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pretend to know all of the stuff that going into these places does for me. Mm. I will. I will say, once I start preaching about God in those places, it loses a lot of its luster. I just yeah. get so ugh. Really? Yeah. Really. I want to look around at everybody and go, you're buying all of this? Really? <laughs> all of it? Yeah. But. Yeah. No, uh, Rachel and I, Rachel, who hosted last time, and yeah. I um, have been talking about doing a, a trip for a while. Mm. And uh, and we've bounced around from this destination to that destination right. to another destination. But right now we're thinking just sort of um, central Italy. Yeah. Um, for a couple of weeks. And, uh, and really get off the beaten path and go into lots of little tiny, little tiny towns. Sure. And I've, I've, I've found some places I think are going to be real gems. Um, but I, I told her I was, well, because I know she doesn't, she doesn't love museums. She doesn't <laughs> love a museum. Like she's like, if there's something that I know is in that museum and it's something I want to see, I'll go to it. Right. But she's like, I just don't want to go to museums just because I'm in that town and that's the museum to go to when you're in that town. She's the person that beelines for the Mona Lisa and then wants to, and bolt. then gets out of there. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I kind of can't blame her. I usually get, I get a headache in museums <laughs> after a couple hours, right? It's just, it's just too yeah. much. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so I was like, well, how do you feel about, going into churches mm. because we're, we're, we've never traveled together and we're, we're trying to figure this all out. Right. Whole thing out. And, uh, and she, <laughs> she's like, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and, and so I, I was like, well, um, that's like a really big part of it for me. Like, I think it's, it's quite amazing and I'm not going there for any, obviously for any sort of religious right. reason. I'm going because they're, they're, they're amazing. Yeah. You know? And so I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, that we can, that we agree on that, <laughs> that after a couple times of going into these churches, she's, she's kind of just like, oh yeah, this is, these are neat. Yeah. Okay. Because it's well, what you do. Yeah, absolutely. I love going into churches. You know, I mean like, and we're going to, we'll definitely spend a few days in Rome and my God, I mean, that's just what you do. Yeah. If you don't go, if you're not going you, to something churchy in Rome, oh, you're yeah. not going to Rome. No, I know. You're yeah. going to something else. You know, and okay, yeah, you can go to the you can go to the Colosseum, you can go to the Forum, you can the you know, there's all that the old ancient Roman stuff. Yeah. Um you can go to the Pantheon, but guess what? The Pantheon is now a Christian church. <laughs> so, I mean, even all like even all the old Roman stuff has been appropriated. Right. And so, um so anyways. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, good luck getting her into the churches oh and, i'm sure she will but i'm I, I think that it's it's just interesting that it is such a part of 
a trip to Europe. Yeah. In my mind. Yeah. So, anything else? Well, I don't know. I'll leave us all with a with a quote from Thomas Jefferson. <gasps> How about that? Okay. Uh, Thomas Jefferson. Uh, oh, which one do I do? Religions are all alike, founded upon fables and mythologies. Hmm. Thomas Jefferson. All right. I don't. That's a terrible way to end it. Yeah. Well, if you have any th- favorite Thomas Jefferson quote, yeah, go uh, go to facebook.com slash tgiatheist. Yeah, post those up there. Post them up, or you can. Uh, Tweet them at us, I guess, at TGI Atheist. Tweet at us. Tweet at us your thoughts. Uh, or you can, uh, again, send us an email mm-hmm. at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. And our voicemail is 424-666-8442. Thanks a lot, guys. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>